We are honored tonight to have Brother Nick Mahaney with us. He was about to change his schedule and fly back to Arkansas, and uh, the Lord just worked everything out just perfectly for us to be able to make contact with him and invite him to be with us tonight. I feel that he is in the will of, the God, the will of God being with us, and I believe that he is coming with a word from the Lord for us tonight. I want you to put your hands together and welcome our friend from Arkansas, Brother Nick Mahaney, as he comes to minister the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. So, I was told that the choir was gone old school. How old is old school? Now, I just turned 51, and two days later, I had to get glasses. And I appreciate y'all noticing I've lost 15 pounds since I was here last. Whatever, nobody noticed. It's like Donald Trump losing a million. Nobody notices. Whoa. But you see, God has ordained this service. Come on, I feel it. I feel like that before we leave this place, now I'm just, I'm, I told somebody, him, Brother Rodney, I said, I think I'm going to preach on family tonight. That ain't what's going to happen. We're about to leave out of here with dominion. The mighty God is Jesus. Now that's old school. Anybody remember that? Let's go to G. There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond where the saved of earth shall soon his glory share. Well, and the souls of men are going to enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there. Well, I said everybody will be happy. Oh, we'll be happy over there. I said, we gonna shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Whoa, and there we'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who's brought us to that land so bright and fair. We're gonna praise his name forever as we look up on his face. Everybody will be happy over there. Well, I'm singing, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We're going to sing and shout 
and sing his praises. Everybody will be happy. Here's what I like. We're mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. We'll be singing around the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care. Well, and the Christians of all ages will join in the triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. Whoa, I'm singing everybody will be happy. We'll be happy over there. We're going to sing and shout. Sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. Well, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. Whoa, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. Whoa, my soul got happy and I'm satisfied. Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says, hallelujah. Those youngsters didn't do bad, did they? They might not be that good looking, but they can play. It's good to, good to be here. We love this church. We follow this church. Been praying for your pastor. I mean, you got to pray for him, them idiot boys he's got. And then there's Danny Lytle. <laughs> I was going to preach against golf, but he said he was leaving. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, good to see Jacob Tapia. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17 and 40. That's in the Old Testament. I didn't get to go to Bible school. They're glad I didn't. I've got a sermon on my heart. Just pray for me. And it says, and he took his staff in his hand. 1 Samuel 17 and 40. And chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine, or Philistine. Which one is it? Brother Tapia? Philistine it is. The Steens are in the south. That was that southern tribe of the Philistines. And the Philistine came and drew near unto David. Everybody say this with me. And the man that bare the shield went before him. All right, let's try it together. 
And the man that bare the shield went before him. And I feel like the Lord wants me to preach on killing giants, how to become a giant killer. Come on. Let's start this New Year's off right. Come on, the devil's had enough fun. Come on, I'm coming after him in 2017. Come on, he doesn't, he, there's nowhere for him to run, nowhere for him to hide. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I need you to anoint me for the next few minutes, Jesus. I need you to anoint me more than ever before, God. God, I can't do it without you. Lord, let me decrease so you can increase, God. In the name of Jesus, move upon me, God. Touch my body, touch my voice, touch my mind. Let my ears be able to hear your voice and follow after you. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. You see, the Philistines had gathered their armies to go against Israel. The Bible tells us that they gathered together at Shoko, which the Bible says belonged to Judah. You see, sometimes the enemy is going to come against you. Anybody had the enemy after him lately? And sometimes he will not only come against you, but he will come into your very own territory, come on, to make war. Now, I, I know we live in a day and time when people don't like to preach that the devil's going to get you. They're, you know, they're trying to water everything down, soften it up. Now, he's not very smart. He gets a little too much credit. Now, I don't believe that every flat tire I get, the devil went and poked a hole in my tire. Or every time I go to Golden Corral and get sick, That it was the devil's fault. Amen. Or them fajitas. Well, they were good today too, y'all. I don't believe the devil can kill me. I don't believe he can hurt me. Because if he could, he would have already done it. But you see, I'm a child of God. I've been buried in the name of Jesus Christ. I have a blood covering over me. Come on, I have a blood covering over me. I don't have to walk around in fear. Come on, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, I want the devil to know that I have dominion over him. Come on, the church of the one true living God. We need to realize who we are. We're not some backwoods country folks, but I want you to know we're on fire. We got the name of Jesus upon us. He doesn't have dominion over me. I've got dominion over him. And it's time some spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, apostolic people learn who they really are and step out on spiritual battlefields and rebuke the devil. But what he is, he's an opportunist. Little sneak. He waits till he sees you're weak. Come on, because you haven't been praying like you should pray. Only time you pray is now I lay me down to sleep. Park my hot rod in the street. Haven't been fasting like you should be. And the moment he sees your defenses are vulnerable then he begins to slip in your territory. 
which is usually your mind. Come on, he brings in fear. Fear brings in panic. Panic brings in anxiety. Come on, God hath not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, when the devil puts fear in your mind, he begins to rob you of the power that resides in you. Come on, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Well, the Philistines had slipped into Israel's territory. They stand on one mountain, and Israel stands on the other mountain. And the valley of Elah is between them. I'm going to be in this chapter the whole time just to let you know. Is that all right? Thank you, buddy. 1 Samuel 17 and 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, you can always tell when the devil starts getting worried about you. You know why? Because he sends out his best. Come on. He sends out his best. He's not that worried about you getting a new job or a new truck. Come on. But what worries him is when you start saying, Pastor, you think we can have some all-night prayer meetings? Come on. I remember when I was a kid, they'd pray all night long. Come on, Pastor. We need more Bible study charts. That's when he's going to get worried about you. He's not going to send out some used up old devil. Horn hanging down here. Tails all broke. He's got one tine in his pitchfork. He's really worried about you, isn't he? But I'm going to tell you what, when you start fasting and when you start praying over your neighborhood, when you start fasting over your city, where everywhere you go, you're trying to witness. Come on, have I told you about my church? Come on, have I told you about my church? Have you ever had a home Bible study before? Come on, then he's going to get worried and he's going to send out a champion after you. Come on, right now. Boy, I better watch myself here. I watched it on the radio one time. (laughs) It was black and white, so it couldn't have been bad. And you remember, they had that big map, World War II. I never understood why Hitler could only grow that much of a mustache. But that's just, I was just wondering about that. And they had that big giant map, and he puts that pen in the map. Y'all seen that? Don't lie. You ain't never seen Mayberry either, have you? Right now, hell's getting together. They're, going, they're walking up to Frankfurt. They got a big old pen in the map. The devil's saying, now listen, we don't want to wake these people up. Let's keep it quiet. Just let them do their songs. Come on, don't, we, we, just, we don't want to create no waves because if they ever wake up and realize who they are, That building they got is not going to be big enough. Come on. Before you walk out of here tonight, I'm telling you under the unction of the Holy Ghost, you're going to walk out of here with more dominion than you've ever had in your life. 
Come on. We're about to step out into a battlefield. We're about to wage war against the enemy. We're about to wage war against the devil that's trying to come into our homes, trying to poison our minds, trying to take our families. Now, I'm not trying to meddle much, but the devil's not even a little bit scared of an accept him as your personal savior, baptizing in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost church. Come on, he don't even worry about them, but what makes him shake in his boots is a one God, apostolic baptized in Jesus name separated, living a holy life, saint of God come on church, you gotta realize who you are come on, you're more than conquerors come on, we're more than conquerors 1 Samuel 17 and 5 says and he had a helmet of brass upon his head, that'd be the best place to carry it, wouldn't it You don't need a Greek lexicon to understand all the Bible. You got that, didn't you, Brother Lytle? And he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs. And a target of brass between his shoulders. That's a bad dude. I don't care who you are. You walk around wearing a target... You ain't afraid of nobody. <laughs> Think about it. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. I'm not really sure what a weaver's beam is, but it's got to be big, all right? And his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you. Let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You see, every day this giant would come out and challenge the armies of Israel. He would walk out with his shield bearer having his impressive and heavy armor. He'd wave and point his weaver's beam spear and he would dare them to send out a man to fight him. Can I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost? Come on, the devil's been attacking your home. The devil's attacking your mind. He's waving his heavy and impressive armor in front of you. Come on, he wants you to think that there's no way that you can ever conquer him or get past him. I want you to know that that's a lie. He wants you to think that your children aren't coming back through those doors. He's attacking your mind with depression and fear and anxiety. But I want you to know that greater is he that is in you. Come on, you don't have to put up with it anymore. Come on, it's time we realize. And we went back into the devil's camp and took back some things that he's trying to take from us. 
Goliath says, send me out a man to fight me. And if he wins, we will be your servants. But if I win, you will be my servants. Goliath said, I defy the armies of Israel. I hate bullies. Every morning and every evening, we're in the fight of our lives. Do you understand that? We are fighting spirits that my dad didn't have to fight. Come on, I can only imagine what our grandfathers, if they were to come back and see what we're up against. You know why? Because the devil knows his time is short. So as much as God begins to push, the devil's going to push just as hard as he can also. Come on, it's not time to be bench warmers. Come on, it's not time to be social Christians. It's time we sing like we've never sang it before. Come on, it's time we fast like we've never fasted before. It's time we pray like we've never prayed before. Come on, instead of shaking in fear, when the old enemy walks out and begins to challenge us, we need to stand up and not just stand strong, but we need to attack him. We need to come after him. Come on, our city needs us on fire for God. Our schools need us on fire for God. Our churches need us on fire for God. My favorite one is... Well, I don't shout very much because I get my blessing by watching. That's a bunch of hooey. Oh, is hooey all right? I'd like to go on about a three or four day fast with you. We go down to the Golden Corral. I'm not even going to get a plate. I'm going to use the tray for my plate. Because when I come off a long fast, I don't want no soup. I'll spill all that on my tie. I'm going some chicken. And I pile my plate all up with them chicken wings. Whoo. Sit down in front of you, and when you reach over to get one, I'm going to slap your hands. And say, no, you get it by watching. You don't need none of my chicken. Just watch me eat the chicken. Come on, when the spirit moves and the water is troubled, you need to step out and begin to praise him. Come on, you wonder why you're going through hell and back? Because you just sit still in the church when you need to get out and dance before the Lord. You need to get crazy in the spirit. You need to jump. You need to roll on the floor. You need to do something. Well, one day out on the battlefield walks a young man. I love David. The Bible says his heart beat with God's heart. David had come to see his brothers. Don't you like Bible stories? Man, I love Bible stories. I hear guys preach all the time. I'm like, man, that wasn't in the Bible. I don't remember reading that part. They done added some stuff. Made this story look like, oh, man, I don't even know who that dude was they're preaching about. So he came out to bring his brother some food. Good brother. Bring your brother food. And about that time, Goliath walks out, and he begins challenging the armies of Israel, 1 Samuel 17 and 23. 
And as he talked with them, this is David. Behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words. That last little line says, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they're talking about Goliath, fled from him and were sore afraid. Now, y'all have heard my testimony. I've been in some pretty life-threatening, death-defying situations. But I've never been so scared that I got sore. These guys were sore afraid. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That's knee-knocking when you get so scared that you're sore. It's just, you know, little nuggets I pick up. If I could write well, I'd write a book about them. David couldn't believe that every one of these men were this afraid of this giant Goliath. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Let me tell you something. God is looking for some men, and don't you miss, and he's looking for some women who in these last days that have a revelation of the name of Jesus, and they realize that there is power in the name of Jesus, and they're not afraid to step out on spiritual battlefields. Come on and slay the spiritual giants that are coming against the church. Come on, you're never too old to be a warrior for God. You're never too young to be a warrior for God. You just have to be willing to be used. God is looking for some people that'll push back the dinner plate, that'll put get down on their knees and lay up on the floor and say, God, I'm not leaving this place until you use me. God, I'm not leaving this place until you change me. Well, there's some small towns in Arkansas, very small. And you can get a new car, everybody in the town knows it, by sundown. Same thing, Saul heard that finally there was a guy that wasn't sore afraid. (laughs) That just amazes me. And he heard that David wasn't afraid and wanted to fight Goliath. So Saul says, bring him on over here. 1 Samuel 17 and 34. Saul tells him, you're just a youth. You're not a man of war. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him. And delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. Not he might deliver me. I'm praying that he's going to deliver me. He said he will 
deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. You see, David, we know he wasn't the biggest. He didn't have the most experience. He wasn't the most likely. But David had one thing going for him. He knew the God that he served. Come on, it's one thing to raise your little hands. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. But it's another thing to know him. Come on, it's another thing to know that he's going to be there for you. Come on, you may not be the best singer. You may not be the best musician. You, every time you even think about getting up behind the pulpit, you get sore afraid. But if you know the power of the name of Jesus, come on, you can step out on the battlefield. If you know the power of Jesus Christ, you can be a mighty warrior for God. <clears throat> Y'all remember the, the Sunday school story? How Saul tried to arm David with his armor. Puts that helmet on his head. Boom. Put the armor on him. Boom. Give him the sword. Boom. But that's not what it says. David said he couldn't use the armor and the sword that Saul had. Not because it didn't fit. But because he hadn't proven them. Come on, we don't need some new watered-down version of salvation. Come on, we don't need to try things that haven't been proven. Come on, what we need is some old-fashioned Bible preaching that hasn't changed since the day of Pentecost. It still <coughs> takes repentance. Come on, repentance. Baptism, not in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Guess how you're going to know you got the Holy Ghost? You're going to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Come on, we need to stand strong, young men. We need to preach it like we've never preached it before. Come on, this message hasn't changed. This message hasn't changed. And it's been proven on down through the centuries. First Samuel 17 and 39. Kind of back to my text. And David girded his sword upon his armor. And he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. So David puts them off. He took his staff in his hand, chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, Put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. You see, David picked up five stones, had a sling in his hand, and I don't believe he was a bit afraid. I believe he was like, and he heads out to face the giant I want you to notice in verse 41 it says Goliath's shield bearer went before him and it talks about it again in this chapter because you see in that time warriors and men of battle 
they always had an armor bearer or a shield bearer that went before them. Now, these men were not slaves. These shield bearers and armor bearers were men trained in the art of war and in all the weaponry of war. They were experts. So if you was in the battle and your spear broke, your shield bearer would fight his way to you, bringing you another, uh, another spear. Or if you lost your sword, he would be there to give you another sword. You can find several references in scriptures about the armor bearers. David's best friend, Jonathan, and his armor bearer took a whole Philistine garrison, a thousand men. But what I want you to know is, but, is before David could ever get to the giant Goliath, he had to get past the shield bearer first. Can I tell you, maybe you haven't been able to topple the giants in your life because you just haven't made it past the armor bearer or the shield bearer yet. You've cried out in fear and agony over the giants when God has already equipped you for the battle and victory. He is just waiting for you to conquer some of the smaller things in your life so you can kill the giants in your life. You see, the word tells us it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. I believe that sometimes we get our focus on the giants while the small things are keeping us from victory. I'm going to tell you, I know it doesn't tell us how David was able to get past Goliath's shield bearer. But if he hadn't got past him, there wouldn't have been victory over the giant. And there wouldn't have been victory for Israel. Maybe you are the catalyst for the greatest revival that Frankfurt, Indiana has ever seen. Maybe you're the one that God has chosen to be a giant killer. We have the truth. We have all the weapons we need. Now God is waiting on us to conquer the little things that have become a distraction to us so we can become giant killers. We don't need more programs. We don't need new methods. But what we need are people who are sold out to the kingdom. Come on, when we get to the place where it's not about us anymore. Come on, when we spend more time on our face than Facebook. Come on, when you begin start pushing that dinner plate away. Come on, that's killing the, that's killing the small things. That's getting past the shield bearer. When we begin to crucify this flesh and make Jesus the sinner forsaken worldly lust. Come on, young men. Don't you let pornography get to you. Come on. Come on, young men. You better get rid of your phone if you can't stay strong. Come on, elders. You're addicted to it too. You better get past what the devil's trying to throw at the church. Come on, pornography's eating up the revival in our churches. It's time for some men who know how to fall on their face. Get past that shield bearer and say, I'm going to conquer it because I'm going to be a giant killer. Hallelujah. Now my dad, Charles Mahaney, I preach about him some. He was a giant killer. Let me tell you a story about him. We were preaching in California. I told this at lunch today. And my dad had heard that Venice Beach is where all 
the wackos were. Listen, when you're crazy for California, you're crazy. When people in California say that place is crazy, it's crazy. So me and my father and another pastor, we're going to go down there. My dad talked him into taking us. Now, my dad had on his black short sleeve shirt, tattoos just to shine Hadn't shaved in a couple days. He didn't look like the world-renowned evangelist Charlie Mahaney. Probably had chicken grease on his shirt. Said he had so many tattoos when they ran out of stuff to read in jail, they read him. We, about, we round the corner, and on Venice Beach, as far as we could see, was these swami guys, you know, with their eating glass. I mean, I've never been that high. I wanted to eat glass. Fortune tellers, palm readers, tarot card readers, just as far as you could see. We come around that corner, and I'm going to tell you, as soon as my father's foot hit that sidewalk, this man stands up from his tarot card table. He says, Charles Mahaney, we don't want you in our territory. Uh-oh, that kind of freaked me out. You know, I hadn't been in church but about a year. And then the man next to him stood up. Hey, evangelist, get out of here. They began standing up all down that sidewalk, screaming out his name, cursing him. I looked at the pastor we was with. I said, hey, bro, they ain't calling me in your name out. He's not. He's a compromiser now. I ain't going to call his name, little old compromiser. So I watched my father. He walked down through that boardwalk, and they're hissing and growling. I'm not kidding. He's walking through there. He got up to one dude, and he said, Bye! That dude jumped back. My dad said, didn't see that one, did you, homie? <laughs> there was a lady, tarot card, famous tarot card reader. That's what she said she was famous. I mean, on the balcony, she come flying. When I tell you, man, it looked like Catwoman or something. Flying through the air. Landed and begin to growl and hiss and spit, you know, like a snake or something. Well, I was about to pop her in a soup cooler. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> I hadn't been in church that long, about a year. And I was about to, you know, I was about to flash back and crack her one in the head, you know. My father said, ignore her. She's powerless. I watched him walk down through there, messing with all them devils, with this woman crouching like a dog, <laughs> growling behind him. I'm like, my goodness, what's going on? My father teased me about this till the day he died because it freaked me out so bad. He finally got tired of it. He turned around and said, get out of here. She jumped up and screamed. 
with their hands in the air, like, ah, running down the... Let me tell y'all, everybody in Venice Beach knew we was there, okay? <laughs> I got back to my motel, and I'll never forget, standing looking out over L.A., tears began to run down my face. They didn't mention my name. I said, God, I don't care if I ever preach a sermon. I don't care if I ever sing a song. What I've seen my dad have today, that's what I want. I began to fast. I began to pray. I didn't know in two years my dad would be dead. My father passed away, and I was in a service, a big rally. I wasn't a preacher, but they had a woman down at the front speaking in all these voices. And the dude that was preaching comes over and goes, hey, bro, why don't you go pray for him? I said, why don't you go pray for her? He goes, I think she's got a devil. I said, go find out. This is your gig. This ain't mine. Go pray for her. But he wouldn't do it. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll do it. I walked over and I said, excuse me, devil. Shut up so I can talk to this woman in Jesus' name. It's the only thing I knew to do. I mean, and I said, lady, do you want these spirits in you? Because I'll cast them out. And just as calmly as she could say it, she said, no, I like them. I'm like, uh-oh, there goes my plan. <laughs> Let me put the oil down. <laughs> my father told me that when they say that, that there's nothing you can do, just take them outside so they don't cause a scene. So me and this usher walked her outside. She didn't know me. She woke up about five or ten steps. She turned around and said, Nick Mahaney, why'd you leave us? I went, who? They know my name. When I tell you I come running through the back door of that church, they didn't know what was going on. All I was screaming, they know my name. They know my name. Can I tell you when I get up in the morning, the devil goes, oh, no. He's up again. Come on, because I'm not afraid of every devil. I don't care what he tries to threaten me with. I don't care what kind of spirit of fear he tries to throw upon me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm not trying to be bold or cocky, but I have, I have conquered the armor bearer. I'm a giant killer. I'm a giant killer. Let's all stand as the musicians come. Walking around in fear, thinking, well, if we don't make any waves, he's going to leave me alone. Well, I got news for you, honey. Come on, he hates you. And it's time you hate him like God hates him. Andrew Urshan, giant killer. Come on, O-R and O-F, Foss. Giant killers. Come on, Philip Jordan, giant killer. Christian Life Center, look out, devil. Giant killers, we're not afraid of you. Let me tell you something. I get up every morning and I say, devil, my family's coming into church. You get your hands off my sons. You get your hands off my daughters. I don't mean to ruffle your feathers, 
But some of our kids are lost because we didn't teach them what it meant to go to church. Come on, we let them miss over a ball game or if they had a headache. How do we expect them to be sold out when we wasn't sold out? I'm going to tell you about this quick story in the Bible. As I was standing over there, I began to. It's in 1 Kings 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing. The prophet had went and spoke to Jeroboam. And Jeroboam said, give me a sign. Puts leprosy on him. The Bible says the young prophet was sitting under the oak tree. God had given him directions. Don't you eat this. Don't you drink this. Don't you go anywhere. As he's sitting there, the older prophet says, hey, I'm a prophet of God. The angel told me, you can come to my house. Eat with me. Drink with me. You get to the end of the story. The young prophet leaves the old prophet's house on his donkey. And a lion kills him. And the donkey and the lion just stand there over his body till the old prophet comes gets him. I've wondered about that story for years. I've asked all kinds of people. The Lord spoke to me and said that young prophet went against his personal convictions. You better hear me. That donkey's the beast of burden. That's the works. And because he went against his personal convictions, the devil, the lion, killed the man. He wasn't worried about the works. It's the men with the anointing. It's the women with the anointing that he's worried about. Let me tell you something. There's things that God has given me that I can't go against. There's things that God has given you that some of you are not yielding to. Our personal convictions go deep. My personal convictions keep me from falling back into alcoholism and drug addiction. What's your personal convictions keeping you from? The devil doesn't care about our works. He's worried about the anointing. Now, if you want to go to a different level, I want you to come to the front. If you don't, just sit back there. Watch us. We're about to have church. I'm just going to tell you, there's a great feel up in this part of the country. Now I'm going to warn you right now. If you ask God for what I'm about to ask you to pray, He's going to show you. When God shows you something, you don't act upon it. That's your fault. First off, I want us to repent. I want to ask God to forgive you of your sins right now. Come on. 
I want our vessels to be pure. I want our vessels to be holy. God, search my heart, God. God, search me right now, Jesus. God, search my mind, God. If there's things in my mind that I'm hiding, I'm asking you to take them out. God, search my heart. There may be sins that I don't even realize is in there, God. I want you to reach in and pull them out. God, I dedicate myself to you. God, it's all about you. It's not about me. Come on, just stay right here a minute. Come on, press on through. Repent. Come on, purify yourself. The Bible says purge me with hyssop. Come on, purge yourself. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me, God. Cast me not away from thee. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, God. All right, here's what I want you to do. Sometimes the Bible says in Psalm 42, be still and know that I am the Lord. I want you to just lift your head up towards heaven and say, God, show me. Show me what the shield bearer is in my life. It may be, who knows? God, whatever's holding me back. Come on, it could be anything. Come on, open up to him. God, show me. I want to be a giant killer. When I leave this place, what you're showing me will never have dominion over me again. When I leave this place, I will have dominion over what you're showing me. Now, when you get an answer from God, I want you to begin to travail. Come on, I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to be telling. I want you to start telling God, God, I'm going to do it. God, I want whatever it takes. I want it out of my life. God, I want my church blessed. God, I want my pastor blessed. Lord, I want my family blessed. Now, as they begin to sing, I want you to clap your hands, O ye lands. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, shout unto God. Come on, make a battle cry to him that I'm stepping out on the battlefield. Come on, we're going to tear down some strongholds in this place. Come on, we're going to tear down the things that the enemy is trying to keep us from. You will overcome. You will overcome every high place. Come on, I'm going to reach up and I'm going to pull down the things that's keeping my family from this church. Oh, my God. 